Here we are again with another Evening Under Lamplight podcast in Series 2, which takes us to Shakespeare's Tempest. I'm Robert Louis Abrahamson, and we're ready now to look into Act 4 of the play. Act 4 is not very long, at least on paper. It could be extended once it is put on the stage. It begins a rush of movement that will continue from the beginning of the act all the way to the end of the play, with Prospero present on stage, watching or directing what is going on, and eventually, we might say, rewriting the script so it alters from a revenge tragedy to a revenge comedy. There's officially only one scene in this act, but we'll divide it into three beats with three separate episodes. The first section brings back the Ferdinand and Miranda plot. Prospero and the two lovers enter in the middle of a conversation, as is usual when characters come onto the stage from the same direction. Time has moved on since we last saw them, and time has brought changes in the arrangements here. Prospero is speaking to Ferdinand in a completely different tone from before. There are no threats, no harsh words. Just before the scene begins, Prospero has changed out of his role as severe taskmaster and has released Ferdinand from the wooden slavery and restored him to his rightful role as a prince, though Ferdinand is still under the impression that his father has drowned and he's a king now. Never mind. He's free to love Miranda. They have proved the depth of their love through their ordeal. If I have too austerely punished you, Prospero begins, your compensation makes amends. That is, if I have treated you too severely, let me compensate you by giving you, my daughter, a third of mine own life. I tender her to thy hand, he says. Another line that indicates how it should be acted, Prospero joins their hands at this point. But but did you notice something odd in the way Prospero had said this? First, he apologized for the way he had treated you. Now he tenders Miranda to thy hand. Is there a difference between you and thy or thou? This is one of those little details that enable a careful reader to catch little nuances in a Shakespeare passage. You and your is the formal word for addressing someone or when addressing more than one person. Thou and thy and thine are used when addressing someone of lower social standing, like a servant or a child, but also someone you feel very close to. So we see a shift in just a handful of lines. Prospero begins by speaking to Ferdinand as you, treating him as royalty and formally consenting to the marriage between him and Miranda. I think he must have joined their hands together in a kind of formal gesture a little earlier. Now, he says, he once again joins their hands. Only this time he says he's tendering her to thy hand. He's not just tendering her hand, giving it over, but also being very tender to them both. There's a warmth in this use of thy that his earlier formal language was not capable of expressing. But there's something odd about this scene. Prospero and Ferdinand speak, but where is Miranda's voice? She's silent throughout. Was this because in Shakespeare's time she would have been played by a young male actor who might not have been able to remember his lines this far into the play? 
Or, or is it that the real attention is to be given to the prince, not Miranda? Whatever reason, I, I think we're right to feel a little disappointed. Some might even say offended. She's excluded again when Prospero warns Ferdinand against being quick to get too physically intimate. Her chastity is precious and must be preserved until the marriage itself. This is another form of self-control over the passions, which has been a theme throughout the play. And, and here again we can see the you-thou distinction showing us more about how to play this moment. At first Prospero speaks aside to Ferdinand, a kind of man-to-man -man talk about, you know, going too far. And then, as usual with Prospero, he rounds off the talk <laughs> with a threat. If they do have sex before the wedding, then he calls down curses upon their marriage bed and on any children they may have, if they even do have any children. Sour-eyed disdain and discord shall be strew the union of your bed. It's your bed now. I think he must have turned to Miranda and brought her back into the conversation. He's warning both of them. Of course, Ferdinand promises to keep their love chaste, and now Prospero can let them sit safely together while he confers with Ariel, moving off to another part of the stage, though Ariel is still invisible to the others. We get a glimpse backstage now as Prospero instructs his stage manager to assemble his company of actors, whom he calls the rabble, in this sense meaning a crowd of lesser spirits, with, I think, no pejorative overtone. They have to get ready for a performance for the young couple. It is my promise, he says, and they expect it from me. When did he promise this? Well, presumably in that conversation they had before the scene began. Prospero calls this performance some vanity of my art. Vanity here can mean that he's being modest, or falsely modest, about his playwriting abilities. Oh, just something I throw out to the public now and then. But vanity also carries the meaning of empty, and since the show we're about to see is performed by spirits, not real bodies, it is empty. Just coloured air, we might say. In a larger sense, though, Shakespeare is commenting yet again, and not for the last time in this play, commenting on the nature of theatre. It looks real when we see it, but it's actually empty. It's a nothingness. Where is the play when the actors take off their costumes and makeup and the stage is bare? But does being a vanity mean that a play has no value? Or does its value lie precisely in the fact that it is an empty show? We appreciate the value of a play or of any work of art only when we realize that it is only art, artifice, and not real life. It is something extra, something added on to life as a diversion or a commentary, or ideally both a diversion and a commentary. And by the way, the challenge to someone producing The Tempest is to try as hard as possible to make the mask about to be performed into something that is both diverting and meaningful to us, the audience. That's not going to be too easy. But wait, 
Before the mask can begin, Prospero looks around after Ariel has left and notices that, well, Ferdinand and Miranda have been getting a little too close while his back has been turned. Here's another threat to Prospero's plans. His, his, his practical concern is, I think, that if Miranda and Ferdinand go too far and Miranda comes to the wedding not a virgin then the whole thing might be called off, and where would they be then? Say what we will from our current cultural values. In the 17th century, if an unmarried woman lost her virginity, she was regarded as a wanton woman, not welcome in respectable society. Of course, she could hide the fact, and I'm sure that happened all the time, and in rural communities this kind of stricture didn't seem to bother people too much. But it bothers Prospero a great deal, and we, as readers, must take that seriously. If virginity is meaningful as it was, and if our basic human instinct is to feel strong sexual passion that works against chastity, then it becomes our duty to exercise self-control over our passions. This self-control is an essential quality for us all as human beings, but especially for those who are called upon to exercise public service, as Ferdinand and Miranda will be as king and queen of Naples. How can they properly control others if they can't properly control themselves? Or as Prospero puts it, the strongest oaths are straw to the fire of the blood. In other words, the oaths we took to keep ourselves chaste will not be strong enough to check our passions if we let the passions get too strong. The passions will be like a fire, and the oaths will be like straw, quickly burnt up by that fire. And so, as Prospero says, be more abstemious. Take your hand from around her waist, for instance. Or else, good night your vow. Good night, your vow. Break your vow, and where is your honor or credibility then? And as Miranda and Ferdinand are sitting together, not as two lovers now, but as members of an audience, the show is ready to start. I, I think we'd better continue now with a new podcast. We'll meet again as audiences of Prospero's elaborate drama. See you there. <laughs>